Every day, people like you are making the decision to start their own business. During this process, there are any number of questions that may come up. On Entrepreneur's Think Tank, we dive deep into the minds of those who have done it before. Learn from their journey as you work to build your empire. Here is your host, Nicole Henderson. Hello and welcome to episode six of Entrepreneur's Think Tank. My guest today, Amy Schmittauer, is a vlogger and creator of the Savvy Sexy Social channel. And she's actually one of the first vloggers that I watched on a regular basis that really caught my attention and I felt was giving valuable information and that I could actually apply what she was sharing immediately to what I was doing in my business. So Amy has recently written a book, um, called Vlog Like a Boss. And if you are thinking about getting into YouTube, uh, creating a YouTube channel, or you have one that you need to um, improve or increase, I highly recommend um, her book and that you go out there and get it. I highly recommend you listening to this interview because you'll see how she's taking a passion of hers and something that she enjoyed and turned it into a viable business. Now she would be considered I guess a triple threat because she's got the vlogging, she's keynote speaking all over the world, and then she is now best-selling author. So thank you for joining us today. I hope that you have subscribed to the podcast. We've got some additional podcasts getting ready to load very soon. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. Um, In the show notes, you'll find ways to connect with Amy so that you can continue to stay engaged with her content. Um, So we will put all her links in the profile, the information about her book and all that good stuff. Sit back and relax and enjoy the interview. much for joining us today on Entrepreneur's Think Tank. How are you doing? I'm great, Nicole. How are you? I am fantastic and excited that you had some time to chat with us. I have um, watched a ton of your videos over the years and um, watched the progression. So it has been interesting to watch from afar. Um, So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I know that there's been a couple of times where you've mentioned you had a job of some sort, transitioned out of that, and then your business is definitely flourishing. And one of the things we like to cover here is that journey. Um, So I'd like for you to take us back to day one, so to speak. Like, why did you, what brought you to video? Because you were in the video space before it was even as cool as it is now. (laughs) And then just what made you stick with it and keep it going? So initially, you know, it was sort of a creative outlet for me. I wanted to just tell stories and surprise people and make fun things happen with video. And I used the internet just to be able to share it. So I've been creating video now for about 10 years, which is kind of crazy. And in that time, initially, businesses were trying to discover this whole social media realm and why they should be using this thing called Facebook. Everybody's telling them to do something with. And so I was getting asked a lot of questions on how to do that because if a girl knows how to upload video on the internet, she probably knows how to do absolutely everything else on the internet. So they were mostly right about that. I just ended up consulting on that and helping businesses on the side of my full-time job with their Facebook presence and their Twitter presence and how do you leverage these tools to share your message. 
And then I started thinking, this is actually something I'm really good at. I enjoy it. I'm very passionate about it. And that caused me to grow that business as much as I could on the side so I could eventually, you know, leave my full-time job to start this business. And then, of course, you know, is the new YouTube channel as it's not really that new now, but at the time it was new because I designated a place for me on YouTube to talk about this education for businesses. So that's how a lot of them ended up coming to me for video advice now that video is such a cool topic. Uh, I've been using the tool to communicate about social media for a long time, but it takes it takes some time for people to get on board with video, especially when the trends are pointing to it. So really, it just became me using video to share my story. It's always been that way, and it's led me to build a personal brand and a business that I love. And I have to ask you, when you first started, what was the equipment you used? Oh, man. When I first started, it was I had a Canon PowerShot that I used to take on vacation. And I even took selfies with it before anyone knew what a selfie was. And it was there was an option to record video. And I did. It was standard definition. It wasn't high def. I ended up buying like a handheld video camera at the time. The popular one was Cisco's flip camera. Yes. And um, I that wasn't even my first one. I bought a Kodak ZI6 first. And then I bought a flip. I had all these handheld video cameras. But it was so crazy how we thought they were such a big deal at the time, but they really weren't in no way as capable as our smartphones today. It is so crazy. So, yeah, I had some doozies at the beginning, just whatever I could get my hands on, you know, spend 60 to 100 bucks on a, on a handheld video camera so that I could have something designated for that purpose. It was whatever I could come up with <laughs> is what I had to grab. So one of the things that I hear my clients say when I tell them or advise them on video is, they want, they worry about what are their friends and family going to say? What are other clients going to say if they know this behind the scenes for them, if they're doing it vlog style, what were your thoughts when you stepped in the video and you still had a job, um, that what were your feelings on what were people going to think? My feeling has always been, you know, if I'm, if I'm putting a video on the internet that I have created that video for one person, who is that one person? person. If that one person is not one of my coworkers, I, I'm not going to think about what they care about or what they would think about it. If I didn't make it for my mom, then I didn't make it for my mom. I made it for someone else. I'm not going to worry about what mom thinks because if you get too wrapped up in what people will think, the people that you didn't design this thing for, it's going to hold you back because we're always worried about what other people think about us. But guess what happens when you do a really good job at something and you, you help the one person who needs you and you create that video for them and you show up for them. And then suddenly more of them show up and you, and you build this community. Everybody that you are worried about judging you before suddenly gets on board and they go, wow, you're doing something really cool. You're helping people. Right. Me, like but it's for someone idea. because look at all these people paying attention. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough to get to that point for a lot of people. And I get that. It's not like I haven't been afraid to put something online before. And I even remember having some weird conversation with my ex when I was uploading video and, and he thought something I said in the video had to do with him and it in no way had anything to do with him. But it feels like when you're watching my video, I'm making it for you because I've gotten really good at that. So we right. had to have some weird conversations. But you know what? If someone really supports you and loves you and, and doesn't quite understand, they're going to let you do your thing. And if they don't, you have to remind yourself, 
I am doing this for someone else. And if I'm getting a little bit of pushback, it might mean I'm onto something. And uh, you you have to be able to push through it in order to succeed. We have to do the hard things if we want to be a success. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. You have to have uh, tough skin in being an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, tell me about now that you um, have, have that momentum, tell me about that role in uh, leaving your job and what that was like. Well, it wasn't, again, it was not easy. It wasn't like, oh, I'm making so much money in this side hustle that it's time to leave. When, In my opinion, when you're in coaching and consulting, it's really tough to get to that point because you only have so many hours in the day for those clients. So what I did was I really focused on getting as much uh, portfolio work and any paid clients I could, but my first client was free because it was side hustle and I was just doing whatever I could to grow my portfolio. I networked, I met people, I took my vacation time to go to conferences. I had my free client sponsor my badge to that conference so that I could come up with the money for it. And I really hustled my way into growing at least some sort of a network in that realm because a lot of people make the mistake of leaving their full-time job to go start their passion and they have they haven't even started growing their network or growing their education around that and that can be really tough so i i did that work now Leaving the full-time job wasn't simple. It wasn't like, oh, this is obviously the end. I was taking a risk, but I measured risk and reward. I had a, I had a few things going for me, like being young, not having a mortgage, not having any children, and I was able to make sort of a, a, a more risky decision than someone else, but I made sure that I understood how to cover my bases either way, and then I, I left. And what ended up happening is because I did all that work of networking and educating myself and having a platform online and meeting people and communicating my worth and, and my knowledge to people. I left that full-time job and I let my network know, Hey y'all, I just went out full-time on my own game on. Let's go. Suddenly I had full-time client work because it was like people for me to go, Hey, I have, you have my undivided attention now. And a lot of people don't, well, they don't communicate that well enough. They just want to make the jump and expect everything to come to them. And yes, we live in, a, in an amazing world of inbound marketing, but you have to work very hard to have awareness, to have enough inbound marketing to support your business and have enough work. And it has a lot to do with meeting people and doing the hard coffee appointments and sometimes free clients or cheap clients or making the trips to conferences and, and trying to scale meeting a bunch of people at one time. You have to do all that hard work to get to that point. And I think that's really what made me have the ability to take that risk. I think that's excellent because it's very realistic advice instead of saying, oh, just follow your passion, you know, mm -hmm. follow your heart, you know, the money will come. And, and I don't know if that's the best advice when I hear people say that because yeah, the money may come, but how are you going to pay your bills mm -hmm. in between that time? <laughs> Absolutely. You have to have a plan. I mean, you can't just, just right. jump into it and think, you know, well, every, this is all the rage right now. Everyone's talking about entrepreneurship. So there must just be money waiting around for me if I do this. It's not the case. It is absolutely not the case. And you do need to make sure that you've covered your bases. So tell me about one or two of the biggest challenges that you faced in growing your business. Oh, I, I think um, a lot of things, you know, I'm not 
I'm not a numbers person. So the finances takes a lot longer for me than the creative side. So recognizing Mm -hmm. weaknesses where they exist and saying, you know, how can I make sure that this is getting taken care of efficiently because I'm not the most efficient person to take care of it. That was a big thing. And then you, that's also something you have to figure out money wise, how you're going to sustain that. Who are we going to pay to do this if we need to do that, et cetera. So I think that that's definitely a big challenge facing a weakness that, you know, you probably shouldn't spend your time on, but absolutely needs to be taken care of because your finances need to be managed in some capacity. Um, and saying, how do I make sure that this gets, this gets done? Cause you can spend all your time on your product, but if everything else around you that has to do with the business is not managed properly, you don't have a business. You're just, you're just tinkering right. around with your hobby that you're an expert in. So I think that's one. Um, another challenge I think is, uh, I, I think is just being able to sell yourself. Well, I'm a really good marketer. And I know how to grow awareness around something, but for a long time when I started, I I mixed up the fact that marketing and sales are not really the same thing. of I was very good at not selling when I was marketing, but when do you ask for that action? When do you ask for the client? And a lot of people forget to do that, and I certainly did in the beginning because I had it so easy once I took the jump because I'd done a lot of nurturing and the work, and I just said, hey, I'm full-time. Who wants to work with me? I made the ask, and I didn't even realize it. And then I forgot to make the ask after that for, for a little while, and that's really bad because even when you're doing well with work and you've got a full load – you should always be making the ask so that you're never going to, you know, have a down season or, or you, you'll still have those, but you want to make sure that you're never in trouble at any point. So, so I had to really learn what was the balance of when am I in marketing mode and when am I in sales mode? When can those two things come together as one, but more importantly, how do I make sure that this is not just a hobby? This is not just something that's fun times on the internet. This is me growing a business. So that bottom line matters and it can be really difficult. Mm -hmm when you sell uh, coaching or consulting as well, because so many people undervalue that and then you undervalue yourself. And so I think that's a challenge that everyone has to deal with. And I certainly did in my you know, early 20s trying to figure out how to launch a business, uh, being a female entrepreneur and valuing myself. That's challenging. And, and then not being a good salesperson. So that's something I really had to work on because everyone in their business, even if you're a representative, if you don't own the business, if you don't even know who owns the business, it doesn't matter who you are. We are all salespeople in an organization. We are all customer service. We are all sales. We are all marketing. And uh, we all need to learn how to do that, period. Yeah. At the end of the day, absolutely. The Tell me about how content creation works for you. You generate a good bit of content. You are great at cross promotion. Tell me how that works um, in your world, how you continuously create ideas. I just listen to what people want. I have the, I have the luxury of having a community who tells me what they want, but sometimes when you get started, you don't always have this flood of comments and people saying, we want this, we want this, we want you to do this. We want you to do this next. You still can ask people what they want so that you always have ideas flowing. If you really know who your customer is and what they're dealing with, what their problems are and what they're trying to figure out, you can have content 
all the time. And you're just needing to listen and organize those thoughts. And I talk about this in the book, you know, just because you came up with a video idea doesn't mean it has to be the next video. It should go in its place on your editorial calendar. And by prepping your editorial calendar to be filled accordingly, you'll have buckets and themes and things that help you stay focused on what you do so that when an idea pops up, it has its place and you stay consistent. And then you also have the ability to, like you said, cross promote. I wrote a blog post today because instead of making a video about it first, I'm going to test it with a blog post. So I'll test a blog post. You could even do that with a Facebook status or a Snapchat rant. You know, get on there and say something that you're thinking and see what the response is, see how people respond and see what their their thoughts or questions are and say, you know what, this would make for a great video because look at how many people had ideas around it and it was just a Facebook status update. You know, now make a piece of content out of it. Right. That's what true cross promotion is, is building an idea across all these platforms. Even more importantly, that's what um, repurposing is. It's not a copy paste situation. Just because you made a video doesn't mean it goes on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. It's probably only custom made for one of those places. It now needs to be customized for the other places in order to do well because they are very different viewing experiences. So that's what I would say. I listen to what people want and I figure out what format can I deliver that in or what are the different formats I can deliver that in and how do I make the most out of one project across all platforms but make sure the experience is what it should be in each of those places because someone does not receive the same information in an Instagram story that they do in a YouTube video. It's just not the same. You have to customize for the platform. Perfect. I want to um, talk a little bit about time management before we go into talking mm -hmm. into details about your book. How do you manage your in different places speaking? You're generating a lot of content. You're recently engaged. How do you manage all of that? How do you manage? Your I time? live by my calendar both for just both for peace of mind and for making sure I show up to the right place at the right time. And I still sometimes have to work on on that. But I, if I if I didn't live by my calendar, I would not be, I would not have a book period. You know, I would be very far behind. I wouldn't have 700 videos. I wouldn't ha be speaking as much because your time is everything. You can have a to-do list and I have one of those, but nothing on that list matters until it's found time in my life. And that's why I look at that to-do list and I say, what's the priority today? What's the priority this week? And then get it on the calendar where it's actually time that I've made to do said thing. Because just because it's a, an in-house accounting thing or a marketing thing or a slide deck thing that feels just internal and it's got to get done, it doesn't mean it's any less important than the podcast interview or the coffee appointment. It's got to go on your calendar. That's how I live. I mean, I don't think there's such a thing as balance. And, um, you know, like my dog could use an extra walk every day and she doesn't get it, you know, I, and that's tough. And sometimes I don't get to always sit down with my fiance and have the glass of wine we promised each other. And that's just because we both have so much going on, but we see the end goal and we work toward that. And we are as efficient with our time as possible. It's the, it is the most valuable thing we have is that time, same as you. And we all get the same amount of it. So if you really want to get something done, it's on the calendar. Well, tell me about, so I watched the recent video where you mm -hmm. flew to <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk's Speaking uh, of calendar. And personally, <laughs> personally delivered your book and had to juggle yes. other things on your calendar. Ew. What was that like? It was I'm, totally, I'm it was, it was like, 
really, it was a crazy feeling because I am a stickler for my calendar. Like I even get mad if I get a phone call and I shouldn't be getting a phone call because someone called me a half hour early. You know, I'm, I'm a stickler for the calendar. So when I got that email, you have to balance this whole, this is a major opportunity and I have things to do today. So obviously in big pro- book promotion right. mode, I had interviews lined up that day. I was about to go on an interview when I got an email inviting me to an event in New York. Now I'm based in Columbus, Ohio, and that event was in five and a half hours. So already we've got an obstacle. I had another Another interview coming up at three o'clock, which was a live, basically a live interview, but in a webinar format. So it was catering to a membership group. And I had another interview at five o'clock that I just totally forgot about. So it was a big mess. But what happened was we just thought if there was any way we could get there, if there was any way we could get there, we should get there because then I would be able to walk up to Gary and hand him my book and say, thank you for the testimonial, for the mentorship, for everything he's done to change my career. And I just wanted that opportunity in addition to a really fun video. So essentially we found the last flight that would get us there in time, leaving Columbus, Ohio and getting into LaGuardia direct. And we took that flight. I had to cancel the three o'clock interview I had to make that work and apologize profusely because it's like, it's not like you're calling in sick. You're, you have to tell someone like I'm playing hooky because I have to go do this thing. It's a huge opportunity. And if that person gets you and luckily this person totally gets me, he, he said, you should go, you really should go. And so I, uh, I basically had to cancel. I felt awful because I was on the plane with no Wi-Fi when I realized that there was another interview that just completely oversight happened and we didn't even cover our bases there. But, um, my lovely, uh, PR assistant was able to reach out and, and, and get that rescheduled and apologize and say, Hey, it was for a really good reason. Sometimes you just have to make some crazy things happen. And I believe that my ability to stay focused and be fairly religious with my schedule gives me room to make some crazy spontaneous decisions sometimes. And the spontaneous decisions I've made, I don't regret any one of them because they've always led to an experience that's helped me learn more about what I do, learn more about myself and get myself out there. Because so many people are trying to do what I'm doing without leaving behind their computer or their smartphone. And truly we forget because of the internet that personal connection, shaking someone's hand and sitting down for coffee is some of the most important connection you can make. And I think that that's something I've stayed pretty true on and, and tried to keep up with is meeting with people on Skype, going and, and, and getting to an event and leaving my city to go to another city. And, um, and so that's pretty much what happened. I was able to hand Gary my book and then, um, you know, that was just like, um, it was basically that chapter, no pun intended was, was closed and it was great. So the real question is, is the book still <laughs> it's on not, the shelf? It's not, no. And, and, <laughs> It was so great because uh, I really do think he humored me because so many, ama- if you don't, uh, if you don't know at the end of the video, I went back to Gary's office because I'm, I'm good friends with his videographer and his videographer was holding on to my book for Gary. And I said, why don't you give me my book back? And I went into his office and I put it on his bookshelf, which he films in front of very frequently. And, um, I, he humored me for a day. I think there was, there was video of the, the book on uh, the shelf for daily V and 
everyone was sending so many tweets and showing the screen caps and trying to like let us know like look we found the book we found the book and I know Gary loved that but of course like all the stuff on that shelf is his it's not anyone else's so of course the book came down uh just a couple like days later or something it was like a weekend or something so no it was I think he humored me and um, I think he appreciates that hustle like if I have the opportunity to oh, yeah. selfie in his office and put my book on his shelf, even if he's, I knew, I thought he was going to take it down immediately. He at least left it up there for one video. I couldn't believe it. So tell us about the book vlog, like a boss. Um, who is this book for vlog? Like a boss is for someone who has thought my message is important and I want the world to hear it. And I think that I should deliver it in video form. And if you actually want to do the work and get the steps to make this happen, this is the book for you. This is essentially the book I wish I had when I started video blogging, you know, almost 10 years ago, because it's very practical. There's a lot of advice on, you know, how you set up your strategy. And like I was talking about before your programming with your different buckets and themes and where does a topic go? How do you schedule this? But even more importantly, don't sit in front of a camera unprepared. I have my blueprint in there. It's called Amy's Authority Video Formula. And it walks you through what you should be doing at the beginning of a video and in the middle of a video and at the end of a video. And a lot of people just hit record and bumble their way through an elevator pitch. And I don't want you to do that because I want you to bring the value immediately for your audience that's going to grow to love you on video. There's a lot of practicality here. There's collaboration advice, social media sharing. So if you want something that's very step-by-step how to do it, leverage YouTube, but also the other tools to share video and share your message, this is the book for you. Tell me how Savvy Sexy Social fits into the Savvy Sexy Social is, is the name of my YouTube show. So that's just always what it's been. That's been the name of the blog. That was where I said in 2011... I need a platform because I just went out on my own. I've got my old YouTube channel, but my old YouTube channel has been tailored for people who like to just see me living my life. And that's very different. Savvy Sexy Social is the channel that I started to say, I'm going to make this fun for small business. I know that you're going through the hard and do this yourself and to sort of monitor um, how to do this and do it on your own because you're bootstrapping, but I'm going to make it fun for you. And I promise it actually should be. So that's where Savvy Sexy Social came to be. That's the name of the the YouTube show. And um, it's all the details about pretty much everything I do are at SavvySexySocial.com. And before I let you go, what um, one or two pieces of advice would you have for individuals getting started in this? Use your smartphone. Don't get held back by any gear whatsoever. Like I said, I had the flip. They were discontinued for a reason. It's because your smartphone is amazing. Just get started. Don't get held back by editing. You can Snapchat if you want to vlog. You can Instagram story if you want to vlog. If you're not ready to start a YouTube channel, practice. But most importantly, number two, when you're looking at that smartphone camera lens or a a more sophisticated camera lens, you're not looking at a camera lens. You're looking into the eyes of a human being. Who is that human being and why do they need to hear from you? Because when you look like that, you will be astronomically better at video than the majority of the planet ever is, even with experience, because they're not thinking of a person. They're either thinking, I'm sitting here by myself, and that's so stupid, and that's a really terrible way to come off on camera, or they're thinking, I'm talking to millions of people, and that can be really overwhelming. You're not talking to millions of people. You're not talking to nobody. You're talking to one person. Speak to that one person and look in the lens like you are. 
Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. And we will put in the show notes where people can get your book, connect with you on social, and just stay in the loop with what you have going on. Thanks for having me, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Entrepreneur's Think Tank. We know the journey of entrepreneurship is not easy, but when you dive into the think tank, we hope to make your experience a little better than it may have been. Until next week, enjoy the journey.